Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. On today's episode, Elliot, Gary, and Charlie are sitting down with the liar, Bankhead. Please note, all stories that Bankhead tells are not truthful. That's crazy. Uh, Listen, I'm not even going to get on you right now, but that's okay. Guests are not allowed to talk during introductions. That is right, guys. We are back with another episode of In the Trenches, and you heard Bank himself is back on this episode and had to set the record straight in the last one with Elliot. Man, I had to, bro. Listen, like Elliot and I, we've been knowing each other for years. I know when Elliot's lying. I know when, like, the little subtle things that I look out for, I can tell. I don't lie. You don't lie? No. Man, shut your <laughs> mouth. You uh, you know what? Char- I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Charlie. I'm so nah, sorry. No, bro, I want you to talk because we're just picking up from the last episode. Bro, I'm telling you because, like, I know you too well. You're lying. I know what it, What number am I thinking of? You're thinking of no number. You're wrong. Two. Nope. It doesn't even matter what I yeah, say. Th- yeah, because you're lying right now. No, it, was, it was no number. thinking of a number. Yeah. What number is it, Charlie? You sound like Michael Scott right now. What number <laughs> Making am I absolutely no sense. Okay. I take that as a compliment. And you know what? And you, wait, you know what? Fun, fa- fun fact about Elliot. Elliot got me into the office because when the office became like the big, well, I, I don't know if it became the big thing around the time you told me about it, but he was telling me about it and I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like the dumbest. A lot of people think that. I thought it was so dumb because like, th- I mean, I'm sure there's qual- there's comedian aspects of it but i just think it was that funny but bankhead likes shows you wouldn't think like what show? like you personally wouldn't think Charlie. Me? yeah what, what does that what does that mean well we know what shows you probably think he likes but he <laughs> likes a wide variety yeah. of television shows so like his favorite show ever is seinfeld yeah did i hate seinfeld really yeah dude that's no that was not wrong that's racist that's my favorite How show. How is that racist? Because it's Bank's favorite show. And Come you on, hate it. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Bank has a, a wide variety of shows he likes. Yeah, so what's your, I knew what's your he'd second favorite office. show? My second of all time? Of all time. Well, apparently Seinfeld's your first one. Seinfeld's Sign, my top there. five. Yeah. I think my second favorite show will probably be Supernatural. Like, yeah. I don't like. Yeah, Bank one time got a Supernatural tattoo during like Friday the 13th. It was like a cheap tattoo. Uh-huh. And then I had to tell him. Hey, you're gonna need to get that covered up. <laughs> yeah, because that's a pentagram. <laughs> because no, yeah, it was. I didn't. But that, like, that's me. I'm. I'm a spur of the moment. Like, yeah. if I want to do it, I'm just gonna go do it. And I, luckily, I have you as a friend, and I have Sarah yeah. now as a wife. Yes. Who I will bounce Even things better. off of. Yes, way better. Because I got it, and I sent and I, I sent to Snapchat to the both of them. Yeah. And Elliot was the first one who commented. He was like, um. That's a pentagram, bro. <laughs> and so I was, and so I was like, no. I was like, no. And so then I looked up, I typed yeah. it because I, yeah. I, I typed it in, I uh, compared them, and he's like, already like the guy's already like, it's almost done. And I'm like, oh, I messed up. <laughs> Dang, bro, mid tattoo, you mid, realized? That. I realized it. I was like, I, I messed up. And so I got it. You say, hey, can you just make a little black square? No, not <laughs> even, bro. Listen, not even that. The stupidity of me, which, like. I could have said in that moment, you know what? Like, go ahead and just fill in the star. We'll just make it a sun. I left it for whatever reason. Like, it was on. It's like it's it's that one. right? You still have it? It's that one right there oh, on okay, my ankle. And um, it was there for like I don't know. I don't know how long. And then eventually, I just went back and I said, "All right, just go ahead and just black it out, and we'll make it a sun." And I put um, and I put a wolf. I put a moon with a wolf right there. So like, if anybody asks, like, yeah, this is just a wolf in the moon. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> 
Nothing crazy about it. Oh, bank. Bro, that's bro. hilarious. Sarah brings that up. Sarah brings it up every time. She's like, uh, every time like we talk about, because Sarah has a tattoo, which is supposed to be lavender on her arm that she got it in looks Ireland. Like a weed plant. Yeah, but it looks like it looks like wheat. Hey, and so when she makes fun of anyone like, will know, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, you got wheat on your arm. And she's like, yeah, you have the devil's tattoo on your ankle. <laughs> like, like, that, like, that wins. She wins. I'm like, yeah, you, you got it. You got That's it. Funny, <laughs> you got bro. it. That is funny. But hey, guys, for you guys that are tuning in right now, uh, if you didn't check out the last podcast with Bank on it, I encourage you guys to go back, take a listen to that. It was just an episode filled with crazy, funny stories of Bank and also of setting the record straight with Elliot and all Amen. the lies that he has created. Um, but in all reality, guys, do go back, take a listen to that episode because um, even though it was just full of stories, it's stories in youth ministry. And again, it's just stories of real life and how th- certain things happen in youth ministry that are inevitable. And so yeah, you're going to punch reality. a kid. Dude. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Without context for someone just listening to this, gonna happen. it's just like, what the? Well, I'd like <laughs> to talk about a bit because we kind of hit on it last episode. It was more fun. But you you have experience of like having mm-hmm. grown up in youth ministry, mm-hmm. uh, and then became a leader in youth ministry, and then like did some internship type stuff yeah. that ultimately led to a position right. uh, that you served at for about a year, yeah. right? A year evenly, a year evenly, mm-hmm. and then stepped away from that, mm-hmm. uh, and then back into leadership, yeah. and then now back into a lead. Uh, youth ministry role, um, pretty much volunteer. Yeah. Uh, so like clearly you have um, a call, a call to youth ministry. I want to talk about that a little bit, and then I'd even love to talk just about some of the different seasons of youth ministry that you've been in, because I feel like because of your mm-hmm. tenure, you have a unique perspective of youth ministry um, that you kind of have had your hands in every single aspect of it mm-hmm. right so like you've been a student you've been a leader you've been a youth pastor like the lead youth pastor who got paid to do that mm-hmm. um and now you're in a position where you're you're co-leading um and you have a another full-time job that you yeah work at uh so first and foremost Clearly, you have a call to youth ministry on your life. Yeah. How did you recognize that? Like, what did that look like figuring that out for you? Uh, it was, I was at church one. I was at church one day, and uh, oh, actually, could be like four or some years ago, because mm-hmm. it was around. It was uh, around July for our fireworks stand, and Pastor Steve made an altar call on uh, who here feels a call to ministry. And then, like in a minute, like before he even started, like as the words were leaving his mouth, I felt like the tug of like spirit like go mm. like this is like this is you and so then i kind of i just went forward and i kind of went blind like i mm. didn't know i didn't know what that was going to look like like at the time i was already doing youth ministry i was already doing youth ministry i was good at it and this is what i well that sounds like no yeah bragging, you i know? get you but i, I yeah. feel like I he's saw... only punched one kid bro <laughs> <laughs> he's really yeah. good at youth ministry but, but I, don't, I feel like but i feel like i connect i can connect with students because no, i want to i want to be like I turned yeah. 30 this year and it kind of like, I don't look forward to it because I like the young, I like to be like the younger part of me. And I feel like that's how I connect with students. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's kind of how I just got in the call of youth ministry. And ever since then, I just did everything I could to be involved, whether it's at, whether it was at edge or if Elliot went and spoke somewhere, whether it's yeah. uh, at camp being um, 
being a captain at camp or just whatever I can do to help, like I volunteered myself and that's kind of how I kind of got roped into it even more. Yeah, dude. It like one thing that I think it is a hard part, I think for certain leaders um, is when you are serving in a youth ministry that their youth pastor is there and it sounds like, and it looks like they're not going anywhere, which well, in case would be what your, your situation was at mm-hmm. edge was Elliot was there. Elliot was a youth pastor. It wasn't going anywhere anytime soon, but you're there. You feel this call now to ministry. Like how'd you navigate that? It's a great question. I looking back, I think I overstepped a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. in some area like, uh, like at the time, his right hand was Roniel, and whatever reason, I wanted to be the and right you hand. You sabotaged it. I, <laughs> you, this is your fault. I'm just kidding. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it was, he, it was to, me the whole to time. To be fair, Bank did become my right hand in youth ministry. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just felt, I felt like it wasn't even like I want to take yeah. Elliot's job. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be like, in. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like if something did happen, and like. Who's Elliot's like right hand? Oh, it's me. And I felt like I overstepped in that. I felt like I overstepped in that way a little bit. But then, um, and then I remember. I don't know if you remember, but like, so Elliot and Ron- so Elliot used to go over his messages with Roniel. Yeah. And so then one time I tried to step in on that, and Elliot was like, "I just need you to go make sure everything's good downstairs." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Oh, that's humbling." But ever, but ever since then, kind of like I don't know. It was kind of like a reality check. It was like a reality check. Like, don't go where I'm. Don't go where I'm not needed. Like I'm needed down. I'm needed down here. Like things need to be in order down here. And so that's kind of how I just leaped into it. Like when it came to setup, like I owned it. Yeah. yeah. Like I owned it. Like I would be. Like I'd be there. I try to get students there. I try to get leaders there. And any area that need to be set up, that's kind of how I navigated that. And then eventually, through time, like I eventually became his number two man. But I wasn't looking for it. I just. Yeah worked on where I was at the moment and then God was like, okay, here, you know, like this is for you now. That's great. Yeah. I think that that's a tough, that's a really good question because I think that that's, at whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're someone who like is realizing your call to youth ministry or maybe you are the youth pastor, but you're wanting more responsibility Mm -hmm. at the church or something, just like there's always going to be more that God has for you and navigating that um can be tough like recognizing it is important Mm -hmm. because i think pretending like it's not there you don't care is super corny and i think that's what one extreme that people do is this is like oh no not not that's not for me i don't care about that and it's like bro we know you do (laughs) uh so like recognizing it while not letting it kind of like define you Mm -hmm. or uh like you're saying owning where you are at like there's that verse I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs, probably Proverbs talks about like, don't go and sit at the head table and mm-hmm. have to have somebody tell you that's mm-hmm. not where you're supposed to sit. Yeah. Let them invite you to the table. That's something I try to remember too. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's helped me and bank lead together is we're so similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just was really natural, but yeah, it was from my perspective. That's why I'm interested kind of hearing from your perspective. Cause I have the other side of things. Yeah. Of, seeing bank as a leader and i talked a little bit on the last podcast asked him to be a leader he hadn't even stopped smoking weed for a full day yet yeah <laughs> but i just saw something on his life uh it, whether he was going to be a youth pastor or not mm-hmm. i just knew that there was a calling on his life especially with students especially with his testimony um and i wanted to create opportunity for that and that's what i even tried to do as a youth pastor is be secure yeah. in the fact that like um there are things that bank is way better at than I am 
and at first that made me really insecure mm-hmm. but then i started to see it as a benefit yeah. like just relationships wise i don't think i've met many people who are as naturally gifted relationally as bankhead and that's tough for me because that is one thing i consider myself strong in you know what i'm saying like it's yeah it's it's one thing when you're like Oh, Charlie, you're so good at organization, and and that's something I don't care about. Yeah, you know, I could it's easy to say. That. Yeah, that's easy for me to be oh, like, yeah. bro. I'm I'm so glad that I have you in my life because like I don't yeah I don't want to even really be good at that. But when it's something that I consider a strength for myself, and I find someone like Bank who it, it's crazy to me. I've been able we've been able to mention you in podcasts mm-hmm. uh, to other guests who are youth pastors all over the place and they're familiar with who you are, what mm. they've met you at a camp or yeah. that, you know, like you've been with me or they've even just heard of you. Yeah. Uh, and I think that just speaks to how strong you are relationally yeah, thank and you. the way you use that. Like you said, when you were setting up, when you were doing setup before you preached a message ever, yeah. you were like, I'm a set up, but I'm going to bring people into that. You yeah. know, that's ministry. Yeah. That's leadership. Yeah, <clears throat> dude, a hundred percent. I think that's at the end of the day, it's just going back to being faithful with where you are. And so, you obviously go from from edge, and then you end up going and becoming a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. How? Like, what do you see that um, that whole transition? And what was probably maybe your biggest struggle in going from a youth leader to now being the youth pastor? Having to delegate. Mm. Having to de- like having to delegate like. Because I have no, because I, like, Elliot telling me what to do, I have no, I have no issue with that, you know? But I don't like confrontation. So me having to tell mm. someone, like, I'm having to tell someone what to do, and if, for whatever reason, like, they don't do it right, or they're doing something completely like they shouldn't be, yeah. that was like a, ooh, like, I don't want, I want no part of that. I want no part of that. I think that was one of the biggest things, like, just the delegation of it all. But also, um, like, trying to be humble. Mm. Like, I think that was one of my biggest, like, that's the biggest thing. Like, I, it, being a youth pastor, like, got to my head. Got to my, it got to my head quickly, and it just, obviously, it didn't work out. But I think that's one of the reasons why. So, how, if you could and you're comfortable, like, could you elaborate that, elaborate on that a bit? Because I think that that's something that's really real yeah. that you're talking about, that you're definitely not the only person who kind of feels that. Um. So, so the, so when I took the internship, the the like trend, I guess I'd say the internship, whoever had it for those couple of years, like they, whoever had the internship, they went to a pastor's role somehow, mm. somehow, some way. And so when I got the internship with KK and Butler, I assumed, I assumed it was going to be like that. I didn't know how, obviously. And I look, looking back, like uh, we were at a general council and KK had a uh, meeting. She had a meeting with a youth pastor, or youth pastor, a pastor in Brea. And I remember, I don't know if you remember that, but I was livid. Mm. I was li- I was livid. Like, I was super, like, I was probably a warning sign. I shouldn't have took the job. But I was super mm. jealous. But I was super jealous about that, you know? And I was chasing the title. Like, I don't know. If, to me at the time, youth pastor was like. That's the thing. That was the thing. Like, I made it. Yeah. Like, I made it. Like, I could be able to, like, say, like, I'm one of the, the ranks of that. And so I just think that was, like, that was it. And I, and I mean, like Elliot said, like, some people, like, you want it. Like I feel like it's a na- I feel like it's a natural thing like to want more to want more but just being I kind of just lost being comfortable where I was yeah like and then when I, and then when I got to uh, be a youth pastor in his place it affected with me like it affected with me like it, I got that and I was satisfied and I was grateful and I was grateful but then 
ultimately, I still wanted more. Mm. I still wanted more. And with the group, like, yeah, like that group, like the group was a small group. The smooth group was a small group. And I also, I wanted a bigger group. Like mm. I'm just like to say bridge, like, cause bridge is the biggest group I can think of at the time. Like I wanted a bridge size group and mm. I kind of like focused on how can I get there? Yeah. yeah, quickly. Rather than like being grateful for the opportunity you have yeah. with the students that you had, it's it's all about the group you didn't have. Yeah. And, and again, I I mentioned that because that's something all of us yeah. at this table have gone through. I think everybody does in youth ministry is that like tension between feeling called to something more, mm-hmm. but not being content with where you are. Yes. Uh, and like navigating the tension of that feeling of like being content with what you have and being faithful with where you are while still strive like because then i've seen other people be too content yes. almost to a to where it becomes complacency mm-hmm. where they're just like going through the motions you could tell you you know you get around a youth pastor and they there's no vision there there's no passion there they're just kind of they're going through the motions and so i think that that navigating that is really tough and you did that well as a leader and then you stepped into being a youth pastor and and, you know you're talking about how tough that time was so then why don't we talk about a little bit post uh his place okay you you were a youth pastor you're not at his place anymore i remember meeting with you during that time just kind of talk through like where your headspace was at during that (laughs) time i was mad i was mad i was so mad at god because and like my understanding like because Gary and Elliot talked about like the, uh, the, um, the statistics of being a youth pastor, mm-hmm. uh, like a year and a half or something like that. And I didn't want to fall into that statistic, you know. I didn't want to fall into that, but to see like God like pulling me away, to see God pulling me away to feel it, and it was kind of like I just don't understand why you would put me in that position. But yet, after a year, like, and it kind of, I felt like we ended on. I felt like I ended like it was on. I ended on bad terms, not mm. with uh, the pastor necessarily, but I like, like Elliot has, they have a saying like you want to leave a place better than when you left it. Like yeah. I definitely did not do that. I left it kind of in shambles, and so my headspace going back was that of that defeat, like feeling like I failed, and to go back to like edge youth was like a comfort. It was a comfort zone for mm-hmm. me, and I didn't want to go back to a comfort zone. And I kind of struggled with that a little bit, like because I told Sarah like, and maybe out of spite. It was. It had to be out of spite, but I was talking like I don't want to go back. Like I, if like if I go, like I go back to this comfortable spot, I feel like to me in my mind it kind of secured the fact that I failed here. Mm. And even like I know I talked to Gary, I talked to Elliot, I talked to other people, and they said and like they said I didn't fail. They said I didn't fail, and I believed them, you know, because they got wisdom. But that's just how I felt. And yeah. um, so going back to Edge, uh, kind of like I didn't want to be there. Like I didn't want to be there, so I didn't go. I didn't go like with my with an open heart like i kind of went there kind of shut out like i'm going to do my own thing and that kind of led and that led to me stepping away from edge like i elliot in the new season he said if he, he like told the leaders like if you don't want to be here anymore just let me know like there's no hard feelings i remember calling him i was at work and i called him and i was like yeah like i think this is for me i want to step i want to step down and i wish i could say that i used that time wisely but i didn't like it felt weird not being at edge at first but i kind of like fell out of youth in a complete like rotation like it just wasn't like an interesting thing to me anymore but in the back of my mind being called that kind of like bugged me like well what is like this can't be the end and i just think that kind of like i wrestled with that for a couple years and then luckily like elliot let me come back like i showed up to hang out but i really didn't want to do anything with it 
And so I just think at that time, just defeat. And I just kind of lost, like, all faith in, like, God's plan. Yeah. Oh, in the midst of that, COVID happened, too. Oh, yeah. So it was, like, there was a a crazy, like, year or two that all of us, like, things were just in shambles anyway. Mm -hmm. But it was before that. I do remember it was before COVID where you called me and said, hey, I'm going to take a break. Which is weird for me because I, at that point, Bank was my longest tenured leader, like, to date he started with me essentially when i started mm-hmm. and some of the the people who started with me at the same time as bank had left at that point some of them i didn't even have a relationship with anymore so bank had kind of stuck with me through thick and thin mm-hmm. uh and so but but i r- had recognized that there was something going on in you as well and so there was times when you had maybe wanted to step out where we had had talks and I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, I do not accept your resignation. <laughs> yeah. But even at that time, it was like, okay, yeah. man, like you just were getting married. It was, you know, it was a different yeah. season of life. Um, and then, yeah, the, the couple of years. But the one thing that I appreciate about Bank, and again, he just intentional relationally. He kept relationship with me mm-hmm. and continued to seek out our friendship and and talking through things and there was one thing we'd never kind of shake when we'd meet for lunch or or hanging out and it was the fact that they're still calling on your life Mm, yeah and navigating what does that mean and what does that look like and uh because again if you look at the linear path you got saved you became a leader and then you became a youth pastor which should I mean, in my mind, in the like, yeah. in the binary linear path, black right. and white sort of way of looking at this, it's like now you either stay the youth pastor there or you become a youth pastor somewhere else right. or you become an associate pastor. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's the, this is the, the steps. evolution. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's like, well, that's I'm not on that path anymore. It doesn't yeah. feel like so what it you know, what does that look like? And so then I remember having that talk where it was just like, oh. This isn't, it was almost like we're trying to figure out this complicated solution. And the answer was just like, why don't you just start leading an edge again? And, and, and once I feel like you stop seeing that as a step backwards and just seeing that as like yeah. what God had for you, I really feel like there was some breakthrough for you into the next phase of, you know, yeah. your youth ministry. I think after you said, well, after you said that, um, you, cause you told me that same day, you told me he was launching uh, youth alive mm. and, uh, he kind of, I think he showed me their uh, Arizona's Instagram, and I was, like, I, I was like, I don't know what this is, but I don't know what this is, but yeah. I mean, I trust, but I trust you, you know, because I, because I know you, I trust you, and and so then I kind of threw out like camp, I threw out camp, like, well, let me go, well, let's see if I can go to camp then, because mm-hmm. I was kind of like in and out, I was I'm, not that I was like doing off doing crazy things, but like I was in and out, and so, um, and I'm grateful. Let me go to camp because then that camp that was like the best. That was a that was like one of the best experiences that I ever had like with God in that in that moment where God kind of like like smacked me in the back of the head. He was like, yeah. "Yo, like I like I gave you this, like I told you you I told you you're called the ministry, um, and then nothing you can do will change that right yeah. now." And so, which was really comforting, which was really comforting, and I was like, "Oh man, like I don't know why I've doubted for so long." And yeah, and then that, that's just I don't know. Like God really proved, God really showed Himself to me in a way where I didn't expect, where I didn't expect it. Like I went, to, I went to camp selfishly. Like, yeah, I want, I want something for me, but like this was kind of like we joked about it. Like Elliot's last dance. Like this is a last dance moment. Like mm-hmm. I want to go, I want to go, I want to hang out. Obviously, this transition for Elliot is going to be a little rough. Like it's going to be sad. I just want to make things easier for him. And I just think going back to like going back to what I'm comfortable, what I'm comfortable with at the time. 
Like, I just want to be good at, I want to be good where God has me right now. And so I just think that kind of like that full circle moment just helped me realize that kind of mm-hmm. helped God. Like it helped me realize that God kind of like, okay, now that you're kind of seeing it, let's, I'll show you more. Like I'll show yeah. you more. I'll, I'll pr- present myself to you more. And it just really helped out. Yeah. And then, I mean, you started serving there and that's what has led to you and Josh. Yeah. My brother-in-law um, leading together. Cause around the same time he responded to a call to ministry on yeah. his life. And we were talking through me and him, like, what does that look like? And so then when the position became available at edge and the church is just in a different place too, than right. when I was there full time and I was talking through with my dad, what was that going to look like? And even affording a full time youth pastor. Cause I like a lot of churches in Southern California and throughout the world right now, a full time youth pastor is not, uh, a given and yeah. a reality. Uh, and so we were talking through it and just seeing you and him kind of step up. And again, I feel like the, the way that I would describe it, just watching it and I got to be a part of the launch again mm-hmm. for you guys. And I, I mean, it just feels special. And I think the thing is uh, what, what seems different from you leading now than you leading when you were at his place uh, is I think there is like this confidence that wasn't there before, mm-hmm. like because you've seen all this life and you've, you know, seen that ministry isn't what what yeah. you thought it was. And it is actually something else. And uh, it's not about the title. It's not about the prestige. It's not about what everybody else thinks. You, right. you are doing this for the love of the game. Like you've not been able to stay away from it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you've here, you find yourself back in youth ministry again because you're just one of those people that like, that needs to be in it. Like yeah. you are called to it. And I think your testimony proves that. Uh, and so that's what makes you leading in this season uh, just so healthy yeah, is you're kind of going back to the things that you've always been good at. You're not trying to be the youth pastor that you, you know, like uh, I want to, you know, look like Corey and, and these other, you know, these other people who are leading. I'm called to lead here and I'm going to lead effectively and relationally. And you're, you know, you're, you're leaning back to what you're naturally gifted at, yeah. you know? Um, it's something I even want to propose or ask the question. Cause again, you are now in this role as a co-youth pastor with, with Josh, Mexican Josh. Can I say that? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Gary's shaking if his head. Anybody no. in this podcast. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, drink but, your liquid death and just yeah. worship Satan. Yeah, dude, I saw that. We boycott liquid death. Do you not we know do? about that? I only boy, boycott Target. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You <laughs> Wait, bro, why'd you boycott liquid death? They, bro, they're like, let's just say they would have the same tattoo you have on your ankle. Yeah, that's like the. Oh, oh, oh never mind. Yeah, my tattoo tastes good though. My tattoo on my ankle is a sundown. Okay, so. good, good. Come You've on. been redeemed. Um, <laughs> what were you gonna propose to him? Um, oh, that's this is what it was. Um, Will so you, you marry are, me? <laughs> I can't do that. Man. You are uh, now co-leading with Josh, yeah. and um, you guys are now stepping into a role for about a month now. And, yeah. and one of the things that I want to want to see is what are you doing right now as a new youth pastor in a newer church for you? Even though you've been there your entire life for the most part, and you've been a leader there now. But what are the some things that you are doing that you just see to yourself that this is working right now in the group that we have? I am. So jo- so Josh and I, we went in and we like when I talked about community, we wanted to reestablish um, our e-groups. 
And I feel like that's something that really show. I think that's something that's a thing right now that we're doing that's working for us. Because mm-hmm. like I said, you asked how youth was doing earlier. And I said every every week in the month of uh, yeah. whatever month May. it was. May. Yeah, May. We've had someone. We've had at least one new person. Nice. We had one, at least one new person. And they, and they beca- I think I truly believe they're coming because of e-groups. Like Josh and I, how, how we did our format, Elliot came and he spoke. And so the um, the message, so the points, the bullet points that Elliot had, like his main points, Josh and I, we took we took that, we made like a 10, 15 minute, like quick Devo over it. Yeah. And then we went and we talked about it. And then, and then I really think that's what helped us. And I think just when I look back at his place, um, because of the group that we had, I did not focus on small groups. As much as I sh- as much as I should have, I focus a lot more on preaching, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If your youth group, if that's how your youth group's tailored, but I just think again, when it comes to growing, not only numerically but spiritually, you have that within the connections, and you make the connections when you break down into like smaller groups, and even and even then, like texting students, I te- I try to be more adamant about texting students um, a lot more than I was honestly when I was a leader there because I feel like a lot of my communications. And my um, my relationship came with one with one on one. Like if I see you, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna talk to you. I think that's just something that helps us grow. Yeah, I think something I've noticed is like, it, and I think it goes back to both of you guys being very secure in oh, yeah. in your calling. Uh, is an o- ability to like take advice from mm. other people. That's something you've always sought out, but I feel like definitely in this season, you and Josh both are yeah. just like, that's something that I feel like new leaders sometimes are opposed to a bit. 100%. It's like, well, I got to reinvent the wheel and we got to figure this out on our own. Mm-hmm. And I think you've already experienced from trying that, like <laughs> that that's not it. Yeah. And you're a lot more open to, hey, help me navigate this situation. We off, Just off the podcast, you're talking to me about a former leader come, wanting to come and hang out and just talking through some of that. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, what do you think about that? How, how should we navigate yeah. that? And that's something I still do to this day. I'll call uh, mentors and friends in my life to help navigate that. And I think that that's not a weakness in leadership. That's actually a strength. And yeah. it's the beauty of us having each other. Um, and I think that's going to take you guys further yeah. than anything is not feeling like you have to reinvent the wheel. Like even in my tenure of leadership of edge, some of the healthiest things we ever did, small groups, e-groups is what we called them. Yeah. I got from Pastor Dave before me. Yeah. And in yeah. our leadership uh, ideologies were different in a lot of ways. And some of our systems were a bit different, but the like the bones of youth ministry are going to kind of be the same, you know, right. like that. I think that's the beauty of this. And that's what we were talking about when you first we're like, how, I'm a new dad, you know, like, yeah. and I got a full-time job. Like, it can feel overwhelming. But when you realize, like, nah, man, it's like, it actually is pretty simple when you, we don't have to overcomplicate it. And let's just do what we do well. Right. And love students well, create spaces where they can experience and encounter Jesus and, like, know his word. Just watch what God will do through that, you yeah. know? And I, th- I think to add on to that, I think... um like I don't know, I don't know too many other co youth pastors, but I think honestly, like I didn't second guess a co youth pastor because I, like I trust Pat, like Pastor Steve's been like my main pastor for years. Like I, like I, like I consider Pastor Ed also another one of my pastors, but Pastor Steve is it for me. And so when he presented it to me, I was kind of like, well, like I'm all for it, but like I'm all for it, but I didn't know how it was gonna work out. But now being a month in, 
Mm-hmm. Like, and then, like, I think I, like, I'm coming to the place where I can consider Josh, like, one of my, he, like, he'll be one of my best friends growing up. And because we have to. Yeah, just not yeah. as close as me and you, but <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> not as close. Nah, no one can replace you, man, even though you lie on your stories. But, <laughs> but, um, but I just being in constant relationship with Josh, with Josh and having someone to bounce ideas off too. And I feel like Josh and I are polar opposites to a certain extent. Like, jo- like I feel like Josh in a situation, he'll be cool and calm headed. Where like Josh hmm. wouldn't have punched that student. Nah. Uh, listen, I'm sorry, I'm not built <laughs> that way. That'd be funny to watch though. Yeah, well Josh would have <laughs> told Butler what would have happened and Butler would have punched <laughs> that student. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, crazy. But I just but I, but I think but I but I think it also like and also like I feel like this is like for me personally, it's needed. You know, yeah. because I I mean everyone has different struggles. Like my yeah. struggle, like I like I will get a I will get a big head if you hype me up more if you hype me up enough like eventually it will get to my head and that's something I'm working on but with Josh but with Josh here you know it's kind of like I can't afford that you know yeah. what I'm saying kind of going back to where I told Elliot when we met after we met with T and Z like like this like I have to be right so I can like pour into them mm-hmm. kind of like like Josh is here this is Josh is kind of like my um I can't think of the word accountability accountability yeah do you Thank have you. you noticed anyone listening to this notice how many times bank is thinking of a word and i know exactly what the word he is. knows me well this is from years of oh, just that like was the, that was the first time no <laughs> no go back and listen no bro. go it's back he knows nah times. he knows me well but josh but like i told but i told josh going in like i think just having a relationship with elliot as a leader like i know what a lead i know what a leader leader relationship should look like yeah, yeah. and i know and i know that like El, like we have a relationship he's not going to have that relationship with everybody i just think knowing that and moving forward is really what's going to also like help us not just grow with edge but individually grow with um our josh and i relationship and with god you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying i just think it's honestly a great thing moving forward and it goes back to hand to hand with what elliot was saying before it's just those people that are around you that are better than you in certain areas and you're better than them in certain areas and i think like you even said you guys with both of you guys together that's truly like a I don't want to say a match made in heaven, but yeah. like for you guys in yeah. your context, it's perfect. Oh but yeah. Yeah. I do want to ask the question for anyone that's out there that are like looking at doing small groups or already doing small groups. What is your like structure for e groups? So what we do so because um we're a little low on leaders, we split up groups. So our I'll use our girls for example. We have more girl leaders. So we take uh, middle school and ninth grade and we pair them off and then we pair off uh Sophomore, junior, and seniors. That that works for us because junior high, like junior high, like that's just a weird phase. You know, Elliot knows. Junior high is just a it's a weird phase of life. And then when you go into ninth grade, for the most part, I just caught you said junior high is a weird phase. Elliot knows. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> subtle <laughs> I just, baby. I just caught that. Bro. Subtle baby. <laughs> Um, but it's just, you know, but, but like, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky transition. And then when you go into ninth grade, you don't necessarily like escape that middle school reputation that you may have, you know what I'm saying? It's a new, it's a new transition mm-hmm. to get into. And I just think pairing them together works, Yeah, you know, pairing them together works because like for the ninth grade, like in my perfect world, the ninth grade kid knows what the junior high kid knows and they can relate to it a lot more than a jun- than a sophomore or junior or senior can because they may be way they may be way past that whatever their social status is and whatever school and so that's just kind of how i that's kind of how so I do, do you it. guys meet uh weekly for small we, groups w- currently right now we meet weekly yeah. like and even and even when we have e-games that's how we're that's how our format's gonna that's how our format's gonna be we're gonna meet weekly because it's just something that works for us man and we really want to get back to like 
the yeah, community building community yeah the community of edge you know because if the community if the community isn't there like i'm sure students will show so if god wants students there he's going to have them there but we need to do our part and if the community's not there like no matter how many game no matter how many games you have no matter how many prizes you have kids won't come yeah you know yeah like, no you need strong community exactly hey i'm super i think this has been great like getting to hear especially your perspective and uh for a podcast all about youth ministry it's cool to have somebody who's been through so many different seasons of mm-hmm. it um but before we go can you tell the story of when your mom came uh yeah, to school out, so bro. banks my mom is like banks white mom and banks mom is like my okay. black mom yeah and so his mom bro. uh is okay intense yeah my mom's yeah my mom's intense like my parents are southern okay so they and my parents are southern and they're older i'm 29 my dad is my dad just turned 82 what yeah, yeah. no yeah. like no for yeah. real my dad well, just turned 82 that. and my mom is turning 80 uh in wow. september so like the southern roots in them are strong so but they, you would especially his mom you would not know that his mom is like oh, no, no, no. over yeah. 60 well my parents like my parents met in the gym clearly you know that skipped me <laughs> keep it i'm gonna, I'm gonna call a spade a spade that skipped me <laughs> Like I listen, I got no part. But um, so my parents believed in butt weapons. They believed in it. And so one year, uh, my freshman year, I was doing a uh, Saturday class because I was failing, and um, I made a bet. I made a bet with a friend. I made a bet with a friend uh, that I would do better on the math test than he did. I failed completely. I failed completely. And the teacher says something to me, and like out of frustration, I cussed the teacher out. And um, she goes, "Oh." Okay, well, get out of my class. And so, like, I'm already so in my mind, I'm like, that's the easy one. Yeah. Like, get like get out of class. Like, I can walk home. I can walk to the park. I can walk to a friend's house. It's easy. So I'm getting my stuff. So I'm getting my stuff together. And she goes, No, 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 no. Actually, stay here. I'm gonna call your mom. And so everyone, like, everyone in the class was like, Ooh. And yeah, so yeah. like, but like literally, bro, like, like if I was white, bro, I would have been pale. Like literal fear, literal fear, you know, literal fear came into my heart. And so and the thing is, um, I went to Kennedy High. Like if you ever noticed when you came to Little Palmer, mm-hmm. Kennedy High is right across the street. My my parents' house is five minutes away. Bro. So um she called my mom. She went outside, bro. She was on the phone for like maybe 30 seconds. And she gave my mom like directions on how to get to where we were, and she hung up. And so I'm like, and so like in the back of my mind, I'm like, bro, like did she really call my mom? Because yeah. I was fast. And, every, and all the other kids around me was like, nah, she can't do that, bro. Nah, you good. You good. So I'm like, I kind of like eased up a little bit. Yeah. And then I finally I got to the point where I was super relaxed. As soon as like that happened, I heard like my mom has like a <clears throat> like she like she, my mom would make herself known when mm-hmm. I'm there. And so I looked to the door and my mom's wearing um, my mom's wearing my gym shorts, my basketball, like my ba- like 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 a regular T-shirt, and she has like a bandana on her head. Not like bro. she has a bandana on her head with like a fat purse, bro. And so everyone in the class is like, "Yo, like, what's going on?" And so, and I'm bro, I'm petrified. And so my teacher like called me, "All right, come on, let's go." So I get out. We go into class, but we got to go into class. And so then my mom goes, "So he cussed at you?" And she goes, "Yeah." Like it was uncalled for. Like the teachers doing teacher things to like make it even worse Te- for me. <laughs> yeah, just teacher things to make it worse. And then, um, and so then to add like to add um, gasoline on the fire, she hands my mom like um, uh, test scores that I failed because as a kid I didn't tell my mom. Yeah. And so my mom's looking at the test scores just 
just big Fs on him, bro, just circled. And and she's looking at me, and I'm kind of like, man, I don't know. And so she asked the teacher, Mrs. Watkins, that was her name. So she, um, she asked her if she can go uh, inside. She wanted to talk to me. So she goes inside, and my mom's like, so you're failing? And I was like, mm, you know, maybe. Like, you know, maybe. maybe. Like, like, maybe. And so then she's looking through the papers, and she drops a paper. And she tells me to pick it up. So I bend down, so I bend down to pick it up, bro. Even, like, man. Oh, man. Flashback. So as I bend over to pick it, uh, pick it up, she spanks me with a belt. Like, and it was so Bro, where'd the belt come from? The purse. <laughs> it was so fast. <laughs> Bro, it was so fast, and it was a solid like. It was a solid one, like like she connected with my back fully enough for the sound. There was um the sound um echoed throughout the um yeah like the layout was like at the time we were in the, there was a field and they had like those uh modules. Like, like, the, like a pop-up room type of thing? Yeah, yes. So yeah. they had that. So they were close to each other. So the sound echoes in them. And so, she, and so she hit me with it. And then, like, the sound heard. And so the kids in the class started just howling, laughing. Bro, he's me. in high school. Bro, and his mom showed freshman, up in spanking. Freshman year, bro. school. She spanked me for a good 10 minutes. And the worst <laughs> bro, part. What? No, I'm not lying to you, bro. And the worst part of it all, like, at, it was towards the end of the day. So how it, the format was, if you take a test at the end of the day. Whenever you're done with that test, you can leave. Yeah. So there's literally kids. Oh, so there's kids leaving. There's kids leaving yeah. um, um, while witnessing me getting spanked. And them, like, even kind of, like, <laughs> like shimmying over to the side yeah, so yeah. they don't catch a recall of it. Yeah. Then at the end of it, then at the end of it, um, my mom's, like, gasping for air. And she goes, you know, I had to do that, right? And I was like, you did it. But <laughs> sure. And I said, bro, she, wa- she, uh, so she walked into class with me and she goes, with the belt out, she's like, if he ever gives you trouble, you let me know again. Man, it was horrible. Bro. The worst part, Charlie, like, I legit faked every sickness in the world. Monday, my mom dropped me off at school, bro. Famous. Everyone, everyone knew me. Not for a good reason, though. Man, no. Everyone, everyone knew me, bro. As I'm walking to class, people are looking over. They're laughing at me, bro. My cousin, my cousin, he was a senior. He brought his friends over to introduce himself to me. Like, nah, bro. Like, what's the deal? Like, what's your deal, bro? My, I, I legit got bull. I got bullied for a week. For bro, a good I can't week. imagine like a kid walking out of class and just seeing mm-hmm. another kid getting beat up. Man, it like, was bad. It was horrible. No, not great. beat up. Spanked. Just whooped. Yeah, yeah there's a difference. Bro, my, mom, my, mom, my, mom came, my mom went to church Sunday bragging about it, too. <laughs> she so said, funny, I beat bro. my kid. <laughs> Bra- she's bragging about it, bro. Like, That's and then crazy. Elliot, and then Elliot's, mo- Elliot's mom, I remember Elliot's mom was like, as you should. Yeah. Like, nah, no. bro. Yeah. Not yeah. as you, you should. You ever get spanked? Oh, yeah. Huh. Dang. Not at, sc- not at school, though. No. La Palma, not at La Palma Christian yeah, Center. Not, yeah. <laughs> like, no. It was, bro, it was bad. It was bad. But, um. Yeah. People still, people still remember me like that. And I've been out of the freshman year. That was like 17 years ago. People still remember me. That's so funny, bro. Dude, it was, man, that was the most embarrassing time. But, you know, I love That's my mom. Wild, well, hey, I just want to wrap it up with this, Bank, is, uh, you know, obviously we have a lot of youth pastors on here and, and uh, have conversations with them. And, and I've got to pretty much watch your journey in youth ministry and, and see it all take place and, and give you advice here and there. But. You know, you, you could you could look back at, at uh, what you went through with his place as a mistake, mm-hmm. but I think there's things you're going to do and 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 incorporate now that you learn because you went through that. Mm-hmm. Like God brought you through that for a reason, yeah. and, and 
I would say this too, and I don't say this to everybody because I, I do believe there's some people that are called to positions, but I believe there's some people that are called to places. And I really believe you're called to a place so much more than a position. And, and um, so you're obviously you're good at youth ministry, but you're called to that place and you're yeah, right yeah. where you should That's be. Great. Yeah, so that's good. Thank I'm you. A, I'm excited to see what you guys do. Thank you, man. Yeah. Hey, wait, real quick. Hey, real quick. I want to say it real quick before we go. I just want to give y'all y'all flowers, man. This podcast has to be one of the best podcasts that like I've listened to. Like from the joke, from the jokes and the humor that you guys got, mostly on your end. Sorry, Charlie. But but like but to but honestly, like listening to this podcast as a leader. And now listening to it like in a pastor role and hearing different perspective and different mm. ideas, bro. Like you guys have really, you guys like encourage me a lot with this. I just want to thank y'all. You yeah. know, I don't know if anyone else does it, but I just want to thank no, y'all. They do. killing it. Literally, yeah, no really one else. This is the first time. No one has ever thanked us. Hey, well, listen, thank you, Bang. I'm going to give you your flowers now. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Again, if there's anything that we said in today's episode that you would like more information on, go ahead and reach out to us on Instagram. Um, but other than that, Bank, hey, if anyone wants to follow you on social media, what's your Instagram? Uh, sure. It's uh, Bankhead and one underscore. That's it. Bankhead and or one underscore. Or at Black Josh. <laughs> 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 that's what his name used to be. Bro, that'd be wild. <laughs> that would be wild. But hey, thanks again, guys, for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next podcast.